If you will, uh, open your Bibles to the Old Testament. Uh, we're going to pull from 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, verses 1 through 13. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunities that you've given on uh, this day for us to be able to serve you. Uh, Lord, continue to push the kingdom forward. I pray now, God, that the message, Lord, will uh, grip our hearts, uh, that we'll take this message, Lord, and apply it. Uh, we pray, God, that you'd be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a, uh, as you open your Bible up to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, we'll get there in just a moment, but today's a, a big day uh, in the world of college football, and some of you uh, may not give a rip about uh, today at all, and you're not a college football fan, but today would be considered a National Signing Day, which is Harvest Day. And so uh, over the last few months, you've had coaches running uh, all over uh, the country, uh, throughout their state, and trying to uh, really try to, to capture the best player uh, to come and in, to, um, uh, to join their team, their football team. So it's a big, 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 big day. Uh, and uh, I, I can tell you this, uh, I know that uh, uh, Pastor Jeff would, would desire to be the quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs, but he was not selected today. So uh, please be in prayer for him. That just did not happen. Uh, but they had a great day. But nonetheless, man, coaches are running back and forth and looking for those A-teamers and say, man, come and, man, we want the strongest, the fastest, the guy that can throw, the one that can catch. Come and be on our team. Uh, man, as a, uh, as a person, uh, as an individual, uh, I was never, uh, never really gifted in that area. Never played uh, college ball, never played high school ball, but uh, I could tell you that I was, I was known as a pretty good backyard football player, so that's just the way it was. Good, good game of kickball. Uh, man, you, you, the, the, the thing is, is that when you come together, uh, man, you want to be picked, right? You, you want to be selected, and it's important that you're always, maybe, are you going to be the first guy that you, is selected in, in our games? Man, will you be second, third, fourth? And I was always there. I was maybe not necessarily the first one picked. Occasionally, yes, but second, third, fourth, I was always there. And I can tell you the A-teamers, those that knew that they would be picked, they, were always, they would always position themselves right up front, knowing that, hey, I'm going to be selected. I'm going to be picked for, for this game. And those, those that were just, uh, uh, that barely could walk, and you knew that they, they couldn't run, they couldn't catch, they all drifted towards the back, almost to, almost to say that I'm hidden back here, that I can't be seen or can't be found. Uh, and, and then you kind of go through and you begin to select. And sure enough, it gets down to the end to where the last two or three players are there. And there have been moments to where you even kind of flip a coin and whoever loses the coin toss has to take the last player. I mean, that's just how, how bad that player is. Unlikely to do anything for that team. Uh, almost that moment to where you look and you kind of say, did well, who me? Did you really? Did you did you mean me? Did you pick me? Um, tonight, the the idea that I want us to kind of capture as we work our way through First uh, Samuel is that that our God, our Lord, um, all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, seemed to have an eye to reach out and pick the most unlikely person that you and I, as we kind of read the scripture and the passages and, and, we, and we read all of their, their baggage and all of, the, all of the blemishes that they had, and you go, man, Lord, how, 
but what about this? And you, you, you're reading and you're going, I, I just, it doesn't make sense. I, I think as we look into God's word tonight and we look at the most unlikely people uh, chosen, uh, we say, man, these individuals were, were chosen. They were able to push past any inadequacies that they may have, any blemishes that they may have, any fear that may reside within them, and there was a clear understanding that they were empowered and equipped by the Spirit of God that resides in them. I believe that message is for us tonight to know that we're sitting here in every one of us to know that our stories, the Lord knows our stories he knows the baggage, he knows the blemishes, but yet he still has a plan and a purpose for everyone that's in the room that he's looking beyond and says, if you will just have an obedient heart and understand that it's my spirit that dwells within you, I'll equip you to do great and mighty works. One of those individuals, when you look in the Old Testament, Abraham, and to know that there was a promise that that was made that he would be the father of nations, that through his lineage that would take place through his son Isaac. And But yet, here they are tracking along year after year after year after year and almost to the point, will it happen in the most unlikely individual to say, man, here he is at 100 years of age and he's having a child. Now, I get it at 20-something, at 30-something, at 40-something, I've had a couple of friends even knocking on the door of 50 and to get the news of having a child. What an impact, man, to be able to say, but I'm talking about 100 years of age, the most unlikely, and God still steps forward and uses Abraham, Moses. When you think about Moses and his, his story, Man, a person that was not a great orator, as a matter of fact, a stutterer, and God, God looks at Moses and instructs him, look, I want you to go before Pharaoh. I want you to lead my people out of bondage. And here you have, have Moses, the stutterer, and the guy, he's, in, in my book, when we're talking negotiations, you want your best and brightest individuals at the table to make sure that you're getting your piece of the pie. And Moses, the one that, that struggled with putting words together, but God looks beyond that and says, you're the one seen by most as the most unlikely candidate, but you're the one that will walk with my people, that will lead my people out of bondage. When you, when you think about Rahab, when you think about Rahab, the social outcast, the prostitute, but yet God taps her and says that you, you will be mentioned in the gospel of Matthew as a part of the lineage of my son, the savior of humanity, your name will be recorded, the, the most unlikely individual, but yet God sees beyond their blemishes, looks beyond their limitations, and works through them. And then in our Bible, to know that a large portion of the New Testament, written by Saul, and his, his, his transformation on the road to Damascus, one known to persecute the church, 
an individual that said, hey, execution, Christians, I'm in, count me in. But yet God makes a difference in his life. God transforms him. And today, you and I, many of us in the room, as we're working through our devotions and we're looking at God's word, and we say, Paul, the apostle, so influential. I'm reading his writings, the champion for our faith, to know that God, if God can use Paul, Surely God can use me today. Surely God can see beyond my limitations in the areas that I'm still working on. And then the, the passage of Scripture for tonight. To look at the greatest king to ever lead Israel. To know that David, David was considered to be an unlikely candidate from the very beginning. From the very beginning. 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we'll read tonight. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king, but Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely, surely the first son, the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. How many can say amen? amen. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and he had him brought in. He was glowing with health, had a fine appearance and, and a handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And Samuel then went to Ramah. David the murderer David the adulterer, God looked and saw the most unlikely son 
is that he is the chosen one. Tonight, the room's full of unlikely people. And I mean the whole room. Bruised, scarred, sinful, disobedient. At some point, we can all look at our testimony and say, I fall into that category. Everyone in the room. The truth is that God still loves us. And he has a desire to fill his plan through everyone that's in this room. Some of you are even bruised tonight. God still has a plan for you. Some of you are living in rebellion and disobedient at this very time. But God still loves you. God still has a plan for your life. We've all been called to do a specific job in the kingdom. And although we come from different paths in life, we have been empowered and equipped by God to accomplish his plan. What holds people back from embracing from embracing this truth and saying that, God, I know that I'm empowered by you. I know that I've been equipped by you. Often the excuse may be that I just simply, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to really kind of engage and, and really serve in the kingdom. This, my schedule is just full. Priority, priority is often used and said, man, right now I am just establishing myself in my career. I am, I'm raising my home. I don't, it's not, it's not that I don't love the Lord. It's just that it's not a priority for me at this season. Some of you may look at your own life and, and my life as I've done in the past and say, man, I am inadequate. Man, there is someone else that has the skill set that has the ability, that's more educated, that has, uh, has the desire to be able to do a great work. And, and I know that what my past is, and I know that I'm inadequate. There's no way that the Lord can use me. But the number one, I think, the number one obstacle, the challenge for people to be able to say, man, I desire to serve the Lord, I desire to move forward in the kingdom, is the spirit of fear. A fear of failing, a fear of being accepted, a fear because they lack social skills, a fear of, of being uneducated, and a fear of knowing that, man, if people, if people knew my past, there's absolutely no way that they would ever select me. I would never be chosen to be able to lead a Sunday school class. And you live in that constant, constant fear. In August of 1978, the Catholic Church elected a new leader, Pope John Paul I, 65 years of age when he was elected. At that time, the Catholic Church really believed that they were setting themselves up for a season of success, that even at 65, Pope John Paul I probably had at least 10, 15, maybe 20 years to really push the Catholic Church forward. No one had an idea that 33 days into his leadership role, he died. It sent the Catholic Church into a, a somewhat of a state of fear, a state of fear of the uncertainty, the unknown, to say, you know, here it is, here's one of ours, educated, a, a warm individual, a great orator, loved by the leadership, 
loved by the people, and most importantly, he's an Italian. An Italian. It's it's an important thing. For you see, leading up to that point, all of the popes had been Italian 450 some odd years. And now here they are. He's no longer with them and they're facing the conclave once again to say who will be our next pope. And within days they come together and they elect who most of us in this room know as Pope John Paul II. Man, a great man, educated man, well-spoken, loved by the leadership but unknown by the people. And his biggest obstacle is he wasn't Italian. He was Polish. And here he is, now the leader of the Catholic Church. And in his coronation service, here are his words. Be not afraid to welcome Christ and accept his power. Help the Pope, all those who wish to serve Christ and with Christ's power to serve the human person and the whole of mankind. Be not afraid. Christ knows what is in man. He alone knows it. Billy Graham said that he was the most influential voice in all of Christianity for the last 100 years. Pope John Paul II. In our passage of Scripture, Samuel has his own moment of fear In verse 2, we read that says, how can I go? In his moment of fear, he says, Saul will hear about it and he will what? He will kill me. Here's the great prophet, the voice of righteousness, the mouthpiece of God, who has spoken many times before. And he has that moment in, in his own life. That he says, I have that moment of fear. I'll, I'll lose. If Saul knows, surely I will lose my life. Here's what I can tell you. That if God has called you for a task, then God will empower you for the task with his Holy Spirit. For we are an empowered people. Amen? We can step forward with an obedient heart and allow the Spirit of God to work through us. I'm I'm grateful that God is not looking for the most talented man or woman. I'm grateful that God is not looking for the most educated man or woman. And I can tell you surely that God is not looking for the best looking man or woman. This uh, past weekend, uh, our family uh, was able to celebrate Kelly's uh, birthday and, uh, and so we came together. We did what you would traditionally do to celebrate a birthday. And uh, our youngest uh, child, Chloe, um, uh, there's a 10-year uh, gap, a 10-year gap there uh, between our older two kids and Chloe. Chloe was, uh, um, I think, I would say just my Abraham moment, you know, where you go, Lord, really, me? You know, ten, we're tracking along, Taylor and Grant, man, we're good boy and girl, we're, life is good, and then all of a sudden, uh, there's that moment, and Kelly's like, hey, we're having another baby, and I'm like, 
Okay, all right, great. But Chloe, that 10-year gap, and the only thing that she has is really to kind of say, okay, what, what was that 10-year period like uh, before I came uh, into existence? And so uh, we kind of gathered around and looked at some family, uh, family videos. And uh, one of the videos that we watched uh, frequently, actually watched uh, at least twice, maybe three times, uh, was uh, the video of Kelly and I getting married uh, 26 years ago uh, right next door in the Family Life Center. And so Chloe, Chloe got uh, just, uh, she, uh, she was just taken back with that, that video and uh, uh, had moments of, of laughter. I'm not sure what she was laughing about, but uh, she, she just enjoyed that video and so we watched it, and uh, of course, uh, we were together uh, last night and, uh, in the car. Chloe and I were in the car and uh, going to pick up dinner. And uh, of course, I'm feeling good, and I'm you know, thinking back and as we kind of wrap up this day, how great the weekend was and the video. And I'm, I'm like, Chloe, um, you, know, did, you enjoyed the, the, wet, the wedding video. And oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, Chloe, you know, just uh, uh, kind of, I'm having my moment on a, on a scale from one to ten, uh, how how hot did you think Dad looked at that you know, 26 years ago? You know, and she's like, Pfft. you know, I'm like, you know, ten. And she's like, I'm nine and a half. You know, nine and a half. You know, I'm, you know, I thought I looked pretty good, nine and a half. And and uh, she, and I said, well, how about nine? You know, and and then she's still not coming into agreement with me. I'm thinking I'm rating myself a nine. You know, I, do I go below that? Or if we go below that, I, I may have to pull over and say, honey, find your way home. You know, if she gets below, it gets too much further than that. I'm like, well, surely, you know, what about your mom? I mean, your mom was just, she's, she's hot, man. I mean, hot, 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 hot. And, uh, and I said, Where? and she threw her head back again. The hair, the hair did it. We had a good time, but man, I'm glad that God's not looking just for good-looking people. I'm glad that God's not just looking for the most educated, the most talented, the most gifted. Well, I can tell you, and in our passage of Scripture, God is looking at the heart, saying, what is the heart of my people? I desire to use the men and women of Victory Church. What's going on inside of them? And in my word, I say, well, I've told them, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And God is looking at the heart of, of his people. And when the Lord calls us, we don't have to live with fear anymore. God will guide us and empower us to do all he's planned for us to accomplish. In John chapter 14, it states that if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. As we become obedient to the Father... And we love him with all that's within us. He says, I'm not leaving you, but I'm leaving an advocate that will represent you, that will empower you to continue to move forward and do a, a great work. We're in a good season at, at Victory Church, and we're, we're moving forward with an, an incredible ministry in small groups. And some of you are stepping forward for the very first time and saying, yes, I'll lead a small group. Some of you are, are stepping forward because you've been empowered and said, yes, I'll, I'll just 
be a member of a small group. Some of you are, are sitting in the house tonight, and another ministry that is growing is through our marriage mentoring. I can tell you that God knows all of your baggage, knows all of your blemishes in your relationship, and he looks beyond that, and he sees your heart and says, yes, they may be an unlikely couple, but that's the couple that I want to use in Victory Church. And if God has called us to a task, then we move forward with confidence and the assurance that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And to know that if God is calling us into a ministry area, that he has empowered us and that he desires to equip us. And we are an equipped people. I could tell you that uh, just this past semester in our small group ministry, uh, there was a, a husband and wife that stepped forward. And I remember having the conversation with them and in, inviting them to be a host and, and, and saw some things and said, I believe that you'll be a, a great leader. And up to that point, they said, you know what? We, we believe that we're, we're going to step out and do it this semester. For the last three to four semesters, we, it's something that we've wanted to do, but we, we don't, we're not perfect. We're not, we're not theologians. We can't really kind of really kind of take the scripture apart. And maybe we don't have the, the best uh, skills as far as hospitality, but we believe that God is directing us this semester to step forward and, and lead a, a small group. Here's the email that I received from this couple just this past semester. It says, what an amazing group we had. More than I could have ever imagined. We had such a diverse group, young and old, couples and singles, with one thing in common, a hunger for more of Christ and to know him in a more personal way. We had food, fun, and fellowship. We laughed and we cried and we shared and we prayed. God is an awesome God and his presence was so strong and he met each one of us right in my living room. Thank you, thank you, thank you for such an amazing opportunity to do the work of our Lord and Savior. It was by divine appointment that these people chose our group out of the many groups that they had to choose from. I am humbled and in awe at how God orchestrated our small group. I love this, an unlikely couple, not a perfect couple by any stretch of the imagination, and she closes her email out. And I'm thinking, unlikely. They're not theologians, not at all. They're not biblically educated. Man, but she closes it out this way. And it's a reminder that absolutely God uses the unlikely. She says, I'll be singing, celebrate good times the rest of the week. A good old cool in the gang number. How about that? I got a kick out of that. I said, man, they're not, they're not well-versed, but they have a heart to serve God. They're moving beyond any fears that they've had in the past, and they're making themselves available to do kingdom work, understanding now that their empowerment comes from the Spirit of God, and that when they begin to step forward, God will make sure that they have exactly what they need to do kingdom work. In verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, 
Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In our passage of Scripture, Samuel passes on the first seven sons of Jesse. It's harvest time. It's, it's the moment that he has been instructed to do to be able to go and anoint the next king of Israel. And of course, like any father would do, he pushes out his best and brightest, most equipped son, the A-teamer that we would say, man, absolutely. He's, man, six foot three. Man has just been manicured. He has been developed. He's surely the next king of Israel. And the response is no. And then Abinadab steps forward and says, man, pick number two. Yes, absolutely, he's on the team. No. Shema, absolutely. He's, man, if, if not the other two sons, surely Shema. Shema will represent you well. He'll be able to the, the, carry the banner for the people of Israel. And the answer is no. And sons four, five, six, and seven, no, 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 and no. And I love the passage of Scripture whenever David enters into the scene, the unlikely, the unlikely, the unlikely son, small in stature, well represented, no grooming, stinky, smelly, dirty. Here he is standing. One translation uses the word ruddy, say red in face, pale complexion, fair skin complexion. Says that whenever he entered in to the presence where everyone had gathered, it says that then the Lord said, then the Lord said, rise. And anoint him, for he is the one. And Samuel steps forward with the horn of oil and anoints the unlikely. At that point, David in his life had no understanding as to what was transpiring. His family, his brothers had all come together for that moment. Believing that, yes, yes, being called, being separated for God's service, but not the true understanding that actually in their presence is going to be the king of all of Israel. I can tell you that tonight, that our God is here and is calling us, telling us to rise up, for I have anointed you. I have empowered you, I have equipped you to do a great work for my kingdom. God is equipping us through every incident, every person that we meet, every talent that we possess. We all possess qualities that will equip us to live successful and obedient lives as we continue to move forward with the great work that God is doing among us here at Victory Church and throughout our community and around the world. And I want to close tonight with Philippians chapter 4, where it says that, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me 
strength. Amen. Will you stand with me tonight? And our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I know that the, that the house is full of people tonight that are absolutely engaged in ministry here on the campus of Victory Church. There's a great work that is taking place. I believe within, within my heart and my soul that, that our best days are still ahead of us. Great favor great favor in the community with all the work that's taken place through the Dream Center. Marriages are being mended, being put back together through our marriage mentoring program. But I can tell you that there are opportunities upon opportunities for more people to step forward, to push beyond any fear that may reside within you. To say, although I may be the unlikely candidate, let me understand that God has enabled me and has equipped me by His Spirit. And if that's you tonight, say, man, I am... I'm not going to allow time. I'm not going to allow my agenda, my calendar to get in the way anymore. But I want to step forward with great faith. And, and to know that I, I don't even know where God is calling me to serve. But I'm going to ask that it be revealed to me. That I'm going to come into agreement with a brother or sister in Christ. You may even be in the house tonight. And you're saying, man, I haven't, even, I haven't even gotten to the point of accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior. Or I've drifted away for so many years now. But I've been drawn back to the cross. And tonight may be that moment of recommitment. Or for the very first time that you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Tonight can be your night. God has a plan and a purpose for you. You no longer have to live in fear. You, have to, you no longer have to live in shame. For God uses the unlikely. He equips them and he empowers them. So as Pastor Dave sings a song, if you feel prompted to move forward for prayer, you move forward. And to know that there is a group of men and women that profess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior that is in prayer right now, believing that God is going to make a difference in your life. No one's looking down upon you, but we are in agreement and believing that great things are going to happen in your life. So begin to move now. Move now as Pastor Dave leads us in a song to 